Hello, and welcome to this week's Key Voices, conversations with folk in and around education. I'm Caroline Doherty. This week, we are joined by Karen Westpiece MBE, who is Chief Operating Officer at Parenting and TeacherTap. Regular listeners to the podcast will know that we are great friends with the folk over at TeacherTap. And Karen and I will be talking today about Parent Ping, which is TeacherTap's little sister and an app for surveying parents on, well, anything and everything really. So we talk about um, what they've been finding out so far and why it's important for the views of parents to be uh, collected and shared in this way. And as ever, just like to remind listeners that this podcast is an opportunity to open up debate and discussion around issues. The views my guests and I are about to express are not the view of the key. For in-depth authoritative articles on the latest issues in education, check out thekeysupport.com. Hello, today I am joined by Karen Westbeeser, MBE, who is Chief Operating Officer of Parent Ping and TeacherTap. Hi there, Karen. Hello. Thank you for being with us again. Karen, you featured on the, the podcast, oh gosh, I think back in 2019 uh, now, talking about SEND and governance, which was um, a fantastically useful episode. Um, but perhaps you could you could catch us up a little bit about what you've been doing at, at TeacherTap and, and Parent Ping since then. Yeah, so I joined Parent Ping um, in the middle of last summer, so the middle of 2020, in the middle of the pandemic, um, when um, TeacherTap had just received a grant from Big Change to start Parent Ping. So for a while, um, the founders, Laura McNerney and Becky Allen, had been aware that they had a fascinating slice of the education puzzle, um, but that they were missing out a little bit um, on finding out the other side of the story about education. Um, And a lot of that detail can be filled in by what parents are doing. And this became abundantly clear when the pandemic struck, when home learning the first time started. Um, And everyone started to realize that whilst we can get some data from teachers although that got really hard as well once schools closed I think people like the DfE and the cabinet office couldn't get data that they normally get um, but more than that they couldn't get this information about what pupils were actually learning what they were doing with their day um, so it was a really good time to be able to get the funding to be able to start up um, the experiment that is parent ping um, is it worth me explaining what parent ping is in case yeah, well, people haven't heard of it? Listeners should be familiar with Teacher Tap. We've had mm-hmm. um, Laura and and Becky on the the podcast, but I think it would be good to to hear more exactly what what parent ping is um, and what it's all about. Yeah, so it does work on on a very very similar model to Teacher Tap. So each day you'll get an alert, a ping, if you like, um, that. Um, signals that you've got some questions to answer Um, and you go onto your app um, which is free to download from all the main app stores um, and answer as few as two maybe as many as sort of five or six questions each day about your personal opinions your personal experiences of being a parent and they might be questions about what 
you think or what you believe as a parent or they might be questions about what your child has done and we ask people to put in a very small amount of information about each of their children that they have we don't need to know their names or anything like that but it's just to put a marker in so that you can answer if you've got a five-year-old what they're doing and thinking and uh, experiencing might be different to a 15-year-old so we need a way for both the parents to differentiate that and for us in the analysis to differentiate that so you get questions about what your child's been up to or about what you've been up to and then the magic is on just like on teacher tap that you get to see the results you get to see what everyone else has said from the previous day's questions and and you get to see if you're normal <laughs> as a parent that seems to be my main concern am I doing this the way that other people are because there's no there's no handbook there's no guidebook um to being a parent everyone does it their own way which is fine but sometimes you just want to see if your way is similar to other people's and whether other people have the same concerns and the same worries and the same opinions as you yeah and I would say um as a as a parent myself that is that is the thing that that is kind of the most um, uh, fascinating um, for me is people do, as you say, want to know if they if if what they're doing is is in line with what what seems to be normal for other people. And I know a lot of social media or other things that are out there for parents. Sometimes you see things that you know kind of in conflict with your beliefs or values and you kind of think oh gosh is this what everybody else is doing yeah and and, and these kinds of things and and a, a way I think they to, can also yeah. be quite judgmental in those different channels mm. as well um the idea of posting in some of those forums just terrifies me <laughs> to be honest um because of some of the judgmental responses you get in return um and that's where parent pings a really safe space so you can give your view and you can see what other people think and you can leave it at that if you want to. You don't have to go into a great big discussion about it. You just get to say what you think, you get to see what other people think. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 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 obviously um, you have the ability to look at sort of um, long term issues and, and change over a long period, but also things that are much more real and uh, in the moment. And we're talking in the in the first week of January for um, for schools, um, and, and obviously the situation is changing very rapidly. Um, and it, you know, really, really exciting to be able to get a kind of read on that in 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 live time. Yeah, it's really good timing for for daily polling, both in terms of teacher tap and parent ping. Um, the insights we're able to provide are are quite unique. Although <laughs> in the past week, this first week of uh, lockdown uh, version two, um, it, it's it's been so fast moving. Even a daily poll <laughs> can't keep up. So some of the questions we were asking at the weekend about: Do you plan to send your child back to school by Monday? <laughs> it was worthless data already. Um, interestingly, I can, I can share that uh, 6% of primary parents weren't planning to send their child back, even if their school was mm. open. Um, so, you know, we, we had the data ready, but the situation moved on faster than we could, which just shows you what a useful research methodology is. Though. If you think of some of the more traditional ways of gathering that 
data mm. um, through surveys, you know, going back to when I started my career through uh, postal surveys wow. or, you know, going out and doing collecting interviews and, and knocking on doors, that type of thing. We're, we're much faster than that. You get the data within 24 hours, which is a ma- an amazing privilege to be working with that richer data source. And as you say, to then actually use it in research speak in a longitudinal way um, it is brilliant. So TeachTap, I think, is the um, largest um, longitudinal survey of teachers, and we're aiming to have the same impact for parents. Yeah, and, and you know, something that um, I notice as, as somebody who's obviously watching education news and news in general very closely as as part of what I do the you know the viewpoints of um, major players in the education sector you know come through thick and and fast but it can be hard to get a handle on where on where parent where parents are or those um, the viewpoints of parents are coming via a school or a or a school leader or or something like that or potentially an organisation that may be lobbying. Um, but but you know you you've got access to data um, there which is which is somehow free of a lot of that baggage. Yeah, it has been a huge evidence gap, and I think policymakers and the journalists who are reporting that policy as well um, are, are so often skewed by their own experiences. If they are a parent, they take their parental experience as being the parental experience. Um, so whilst parent ping is still growing we do have the ambition of being nationally representative Um, so not only to be able to say parents think or parents do Mm. um, but also to be able to disaggregate that because the views differ and we pull this out in the blog each week so the views differ for example between mums and dads Mm. um, quite a lot Um, between parents of young children and parents of older children Um, And we've also put um, markers in the data so we'll be able to, as the sample grows, be able to look at parents um, who've got children on free school meals or who have a special educational need um, and parents in different parts of the country. I think that parents as a whole need their voice heard, but also those different subsets of parents have different experiences and those need to be heard as well. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, obviously, thinking about... um, you know, some of those debates, for example, like um, Ofsted gradings, you know, people will just say, oh, parents like Ofsted gradings. That's why we have Ofsted gradings and kind of leave it at that without much opportunity mm. to really interrogate and understand, you know, um, uh, how to make how to make policy in a way that serves, you know, all the stakeholders of education. Um, mm-hmm. So um, really, really exciting, as you say, to sort of build build that data set um, as, as you go. Um, and you, you you started to grow, obviously drawing on kind of teacher teacher tap uh, followers, and there's, there's there's a little bit of sort of overlap between your tappers and your pingers. Um, but what are you learning about how teachers and and parents think about things differently, or you know, uh, is there sort of conflict in between people who are teachers and parents? Do they do they behave differently on different apps? What are you learning? Yeah, there, there are um, some differences. Um, and like you say, some differences between the parents who are teachers and the parents and the teachers separately mm-hmm. as well. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned Ofsted because that is actually one of the biggest areas of difference. Um, 
So you're also right that parents are in favour of Ofsted, um, more so than teachers. Um, and in particular, dads. Dads really like the Ofsted data. Um, they're big fans. Um, but one of the questions we asked um, towards the end of last year was about when Ofsted inspections should restart. Um, and we found that both parents and teachers were in line on that. So they both thought they should wait until September um, this year to, to restart the Ofsted inspections. Um, parents were more in favour of that than the teachers, but the parent teachers are the ones who were most concerned. So a third of parents who are also teachers said that Ofsted inspections shouldn't restart at all. Um, and that's more than the parent group and more than the teacher group. So they feel really quite affected by this. How interesting. I wonder if that, if you, if you are a teacher, whether you feel it's easier for you to assess some aspects of your child's school because of your professional knowledge and experience mm -hmm. versus somebody who, who, who you know, who, who may be more reliant on the Ofsted data. That's yeah. fascinating. That sort of insider knowledge, I think, does come through. And there's two other areas where it's come through as well. So assessment is one of them. Um, so parent teachers are less in favour of assessment, particularly uh, assessment at primary level than parents in general. Um, but also in terms of the insider knowledge around um, COVID safety. Um, so parents who are teachers were less willing to be sending their kids back, um, didn't think it was as safe as parents who are not. So I think you're, you're onto something there that they know some stuff that others don't. And I think they are quite a, a useful, <laughs> canary if they wouldn't mm. mind being called such a thing um about what's going on yeah um yeah really really interesting to have the ability to ask ask the same questions to both of those groups and compare the answers yeah so we'll be able to do that uh in the future as well with teach tap and parenting yeah. and sometimes we ask the same questions um but as our parent ping sample grows, I think we'll have slightly less opportunity to compare those parent teachers because actually, like you say, a lot of people came over because they were already using teacher tap and they, they got it, they got the concept. And so they joined parent ping really quite quickly, but we do want to grow the sample. So it's not, not being as influenced by the teachers. We can pull out the parent teachers when we need to mm -hmm. and analyze their responses differently. Um, but I'd love to have a massive cohort of nurses or supermarket workers yeah. or you know other professions um that we can compare to as well because do they have unique characteristics around parenting that we should be exploring there's lots more to do yeah and um really everybody uh listening to this should check it out themselves tell some friends and get thoroughly thoroughly hooked because you know these these app things are very clever. And, you know, once you've answered some mm. questions the next day, you will be interested to see what the answers were. And so it goes. Um, so yeah, it, it is, um, it's definitely, it's definitely very addictive. Um, so, uh, and, and, and I think just, just broadening, broadening your experience, particularly around kind of the, the cliques that you can sometimes find yourself in as a, as a parent as, as well. Um, and um, I think particularly just just now where, you know, parenting is to the fore of a lot of people's thoughts because they're having to juggle 
um, working and having their children at home, that it might be a very interesting time to take to take part um, in this in this survey work. Um, and obviously, you you sort of began during the pandemic and haven't <laughs> we haven't really gone back to normality, and don't look like we will anywhere in the particularly near future. Uh, but but what what do you think you've kind of learnt about about how schools and parents have been interacting differently during the pandemic? Yeah, like you say, it's quite hard because we haven't been able to take that baseline of normality. Um, but we have been collecting data that we will go back to on an annual basis um, and, and continually re revisit. One of the um, success stories of the last year that we've been able to identify is um, around parents' evenings. So we've asked um, both the parents and on TeacherTap as well um, about what people think of virtual parents' evenings. And actually, the majority of people prefer it. So that's quite a nice takeaway that either in the future uh, you give parents the option of do you want this meeting to be virtual or on the phone or face to face um, or you just move it to that because it seems to take up slightly less time for teachers and it's certainly more convenient for the parents than having to sit in that big school hall and work their way around the room. Mm -hmm, definitely um, and I think it's just been such an interesting time because uh, so much change has just been in, in, enforced. Uh, there, there wouldn't have been an option of doing things a different way. So people have, you know, found found a new way to achieve it and then experienced it and have the opportunity to reflect and think, did that work or didn't that work? Rather than the much slower process of, I've got a bright idea. Shall we do this? Shall we not do this? How should we do this? And that happening over kind of weeks and months, mm -hmm. you know, people have, have got an experience now that they can use as, as something to help them make decisions about about doing things differently and i think particularly uh, the sort of working working parents um or, or, or pe people who've got other responsibilities to fit around attending schools um in person it has really opened up a lot of of, of opportunities uh, to, to think about using using technology differently and how you can actually bring people closer to what you're doing in school via technology straight slightly strangely rather than actually pushing them away mm. uh, I'm sure lots more people were able to see Christmas performances and these kinds of things than would have ever been able to squeeze into the hall at you know the middle of the afternoon uh, so yeah it is it is really interesting to think about that and any any particular advice from from the survey work you've done or your own experience working um, across education uh, about um, how schools might might sort of continue to engage productively with parents during this time? Yeah, I think it's, it's like any communication expert, a marketing expert or someone like that might tell you, it's all about knowing your audience, about actually responding to what they like and what they need. So one of the questions that we ran um, towards the end of last year was about how you receive information from schools, whether you're getting it on text or email or on an app or on all three. And lots of people are getting it by all of those different methods. Um, and actually the, the, the three different methods came out fairly evenly, about a third liked each one. Um, but then when we started diving into the detail of it, um, mums were more keen on the texting, um, dads were more keen on emails, younger parents were more keen on apps. So 
you could use that to start to sort of segment your audience within your school, your parents, um, or perhaps more simply, you could ask them how they would like to receive information. Um, I guess that that's kind of my message about not making assumptions about how people want to receive information, but to ask them. Mm. Um, my other warning, and this is perhaps slightly more from a personal perspective, is therefore don't decide to do all of the methods of communication because certainly this week as a parent in the first week of homeschooling I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed mm. <laughs> a little bit bombarded and I, I'm sure the teachers are on their side as well um, so I would say kind of think about the necessity of communication um, perhaps dial back from sending lots of information in, in separate little snippets and start for example, a kind of FAQ sheet, have a Google Doc of the most likely questions that you're getting asked so that you're not having to send out lots of different reminders or we're still changing bits of information as the government or whoever mm. else is changing what you're being asked to do. Um, but try to kind of keep a steady flow, not an overwhelming flow so that people don't feel that they're being kind of pestered all day put the information where they need it, send them in a way that is useful and a format that is useful, um, but no need to overdo it. Yeah, I think you, you, you raise an interesting point there around, you know, government communications and the fact that, you know, everything that a lot of us are doing kind of tracks back to, to that, that's moving, that's, that's shifting and people want to be, be giving the fullest information that they can at any point mm. in the process but sometimes it is better to be you know work in smaller chunks be clear about what you don't know yet and you know don't need to go into massive detail about that but just reassure people that when you do know it they will know it and and, and like you say kind of go for something a bit more a bit more bite-sized potentially uh and 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 survey you know get some get some feedback uh, and and um, you know particularly when people are probably thinking about what work, what you know what was it like last time what's it you know what could it be like this time now might be a productive time to to think about about some of that um, and now I'm I'm sure I remember as a as an avid pinger myself some more kind of light-hearted questions <laughs> that have come come through what have been some of your more kind of entertaining or surprising findings. <laughs> Um, yeah, we like to, to mix it up a little bit. We can't have it being too serious all the time. Um, and in particular on weekends, I like to put in slightly more lighthearted ones so that people don't have to think about school um, and things like that at, at those days. Um, one of my favourites was about swearing. <laughs> so we asked um, whether parents swear in front of their children. Um, and, and do you know who swears more, mums or dads? I, I'm going to say mums. It is mums. Um, they might be so, driven to it, is my <laughs> So half of mums say that they um, occasionally swear in front of their children, um, whereas only a quarter of dads said they did it. But I think there might be also something there that you could infer about who, who's perhaps more honest about these <laughs> things. <laughs> um, so we asked about that. We asked about things like um, swear... Uh, uh, about housework about who's doing the the um 
the different chores around the house and which ones cause the most arguments, which ones cause the most arguments with uh, other people that you're living with, which ones cause the most arguments with your kids. Um, tidying bedrooms is always the top of that list. Um, so, yeah, we've had lots of entertaining ones. Have, have you found any particularly entertaining? Um, I'm just I think I did, I did enjoy um, the, thinking through the, the swearing one. <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of the ones around kind of um, traditions and mm. and things like kind of uh, how much money does the tooth fairy give per tooth in your house is yes. <laughs> these things are these kind of interesting. And I think a lot of the time when um, people sort of reflect on like, what did I get as a child or, you know, these, you know, these sorts of things, um, having a kind of feel for what other people are doing or what's the kind of going rate or um when you're you know when your child is old enough to be telling you what's you know what are friends doing and getting at school or this kind of thing mm-hmm. um i think is really interesting um and yeah um cr- like cr- a lot of the christmas uh things were i think um particularly this year will be interesting to compare to next year i really hope they'll look really odd uh, yeah. i hope that we don't have similar results next year so we're asking things like how many people came to to christmas dinner with you and things like that where, where were you on christmas day and obviously everyone was at home mm. and there were very few people sat around the table and mm. we asked um how many people had been to christmas last year and uh, the numbers were much larger um so hopefully by the time we're talking about christmas 2021 it it will all that will be the blip in our data Exactly, exactly so. And you also um, at, at, at TeacherTap, you've been expanding your international work, I un- as I understand. Mm. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so we've been operating in Ghana for a year um, and in the Netherlands for the past six months and in the Flemish region of Belgium uh, for the last three months. Um and that it's it's going really well. It's really interesting. Occasionally, we have um, crossover questions. Um, one of the, the the questions that we've crossed over with is um, about if you're on a summer holiday in an all inclusive resort. It feels a, a distant dream yeah. at the moment. But if you were in that scenario and you saw a teacher around the pool what would you do would you run away and hide and try to avoid um the the teacher or the parents mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the holiday and and that's what the brits would do <laughs> or, or would you say hi and be friendly which is what the uh, the dutch would do um mm-hmm. so and then in terms of the, what the parents would do um most of them would just sort of say hi once and then then avoid apart from the dads the dads were particularly friendly oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah it's nice to have some of these uh little insights and you can imagine that you could if if you were so minded uh from an analytical perspective take it further and 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 look into some of the rationales behind that because i'm sure it does actually reveal quite a lot about our psyche yeah no i could and 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 as you say kind of um growing number of countries and and uh, early days in, in some of that and obviously we've not really had situation normal but uh yeah i could see how it would be really interesting to to compare some of those um findings and 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 practices on a very human level because we're so used to seeing you know 
children being ranked and you know data tables about teacher workload and these sorts of things but actually like you say some of those more cultural things and kind of personal things um would also be really interesting context too when looking at different different systems um so yeah it sounds very exciting and anything else on the on the horizon for for teacher tap and and parent ping that you might want to share with our listeners Oh, just a plea to get involved, particularly during the lockdown, particularly during homeschooling, because as I said at the start, we are one of the main ways that that, that data is being collected now. The other ways of collecting information about documenting what's going on and about feeding this back to people who are making decisions, those traditional routes are, are closed down along with everything else. So to be able to come on to the apps daily um, and to, to share your views, to share your experiences. It's it's really valuable. Um, and hopefully when you get to see the results and see, <laughs> am I like everyone else or have I got a bit of an um, outlying position on this? Hopefully that is helpful as well. I, I would say it might it might help you um, settle arguments with your co-parent, but <laughs> it also might start them as well. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, well that that is great and and um as i say obviously um i'm a big i'm a big fan of of both of those apps and um, would recommend them thoroughly we'll put details of how how people can get involved in the notes um to these to these podcasts and um can't emphasize enough it's so quick um, and and you will you will learn you will learn things and the fantastic blogs um, that kind of summarise weekly findings are always um, really worth reading as well. So thank thank you so much, Karen. Um, for... yeah, thank you for having me back again. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. And and we look forward to working with um, Teacher Tap and Parent Ping again soon. And thank you very much for listening. Key Voices is produced by The Key, giving education leaders the knowledge to act. Members of The Key for School Leaders can access hundreds of articles on the latest issues in education at thekeysupport.com. And please tell us what you think of the podcast. Rate, review and subscribe or email me at caroline.doherty at thekeysupport.com with your thoughts and suggestions.